Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Crossover Podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. If you are new to the show, you get the best five minutes from all of our shows throughout the week. Hopefully, you hear something you haven't heard or maybe a host that you've been wanting to listen to. This case, uh, this week, we even have a guest, Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation, joined me and Levin on Thursday. So you get to hear an Eagles expert as well. That was the big subject of the week, as you might imagine. So we will take you through every single day this week, starting Monday, under review with myself and Vish Kumaran. The Eagles defense the last two weeks has been on the field for more than an hour and 12 minutes of game time. They were on the field for 32 plus minutes against the Chiefs in week 11 and over 40 minutes on Sunday against Buffalo. It's a total of 166 plays, Vish. If I am Kyle Shanahan, I do two things. I either run the hell out of the ball with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason and get everybody into the pool, get somebody fresh into that game constantly. Or if you want to go another direction, which I don't think they will, but you could go hurry up, right? Especially right out of the gate. Go hurry up and use up that energy reserve, that little bit of juice that the Eagles have. Go hurry up and just tire them out and then pound them the rest of the day. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know that you can necessarily pound them either. On, on, in, on paper, it sounds nice, but that defensive line is still deep. There's still a lot of really good players. And They're here's the issue. Teams, man, they get tired. But But here's the issue with pounding them. That's the big mismatch of the game to me. The 49ers offensive line, four of those guys are very over, overmatched in this football game. Agreed. Whether they have to deal with the Josh Sweat, whether they have to deal with Brandon Graham, whether they have to deal with Fletcher Cox, whether it's Jordan Davis, whether it's Jalen Carter, whether it's Hassan Reddick, four of those five guys to me are, you know, somewhat overmatched. I think that's funny. <laughs> area ballers. We all know J.P. Mason ain't getting a carry. Yeah. And so, so for me, when we're talking about four of those five players being overmatched, I don't know. I, don't, I think it's a little bit easier said and done. To me, the weakness of Philly is their secondary. There's going to be big chunk plays available. It's about can we get the protection right and give Brock Purdy enough time to find it. That, to me, is where the ball game is. I don't know. I mean, they're going to try to feed Christian McCaffrey because that's what they do. But this is not the kind of game to me because those defensive linemen will get upfield. This is not the kind of game they can move those guys. I mean, when you're talking about that penny front they're going to play, it's going to be really wide. They're not going to let the Niners stretch them out and get outside of them. And then those guys, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, they can two-gap, and they can two-gap with the best of them. They're going to be tough to move. It's it's not going to be an easy front for them to run the football against. This this front has always given this style of run game issues, running the football. It's the old Fangio penny front. I mean, since the 6-1 they ran on McVay, I, I don't love the running running matchup personally in this one. I think you got to do it. We saw Fletcher Cox was banged up. He had a groin injury. We don't know the status of Lane Johnson, although I know he's on offense. I think you got to do it. I think I don't care that they're deep, man. That's a lot of freaking 166 plays in two weeks. It's a lot. And the Niners are going to be extra rested with three extra days of rest. Go take it to them. 
to, I, to me, to me, it's about I, I, I think if if you're talking about, well, they're going to have to run the football all over them. I, I don't see that happening. But if you're saying, hey, stay committed to the run, the way the 49ers win the game is they get 30 runs off. I agree with that. They need to be balanced. They can't drop Brock Purdy back in this game, even though I do think that him in the passing game is going to be their most effective weapon on offense. Because again, that pass rush, they overmatch them in, in the pass game as well. So I agree with you that they need to be committed to running the football. But I don't know that this is a game that the Niners can just pin their heads back and say, we'll run it 40 times and that's going to be that. I wouldn't mind it, honestly. I think where the Niners are most over, overmatched is the pass. Brock Purdy's not going to have time to throw. He doesn't have time to throw against teams with bad pass rushes. You drop back to pass too much in this game, and I think it's going to lead to bad Things. It's going to lead to Brock getting a little crazy with the football. To me, I put Debo in the backfield. I put McCaffrey in the backfield. And I only want Brock Purdy doing play action and bootlegs. That's the Brock Purdy passing I want to see. That's where he can be effective. That's where they can protect him from that pass rush a little bit. I don't want to see Brock Purdy doing seven-step drops. And just you want to see straight. bootlegs? Yeah. I, I mean bootlegs. I mean bootlegs all depend though on whether the backside end is playing smart in terms of contain. If the backside end is closing, you can have plays where Hassan Reddick is free on yes. Brock Purdy if you're only calling bootlegs. Thank you for explaining football to me, Vish. Like I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like if you're talking about plays that could lead to massive negatives, I I, I think like if we're talking about the Niners' offense, you mentioned it earlier in the show. The number one thing that gives them issues is any sort of negative play, right? A holding penalty, a false Correct. start, a sack, anything on first down, they have that. It's a drive killer for them. I, I would love to do some sort of deep dive data if I could at some point, if I get the time on just one negative play and how it affects a 49ers drive. Because off the top of my head, I feel like the 49ers drives that fail in opponent territory all have a holding penalty, a mm -hmm. false start, or a sack. A sack, yep. <laughs> on first down. On Tuesdays, we go to the Bully Ball podcast with Steph Sanchez and Jason Aponte. This is my message to the San Francisco 49ers. Put up or shut up. I don't want to hear about what you're going to do. I don't want to hear about what you could have done. Go do it on Sunday. You're not going to get a chance to win the NFC Championship game on Sunday. And you're not going to get a chance to step into the number one seed on Sunday. But what you are going to do is be able to shut up all of this talk that's been happening since the end of the NFC Championship game and has bled its way all the way into November 28th of this same year. You hear Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who doesn't even play for this team, who has problems with this team, right? Javon Hargrave's now on the other side. You know, uh, all the 49ers did during Super Bowl week when I was down there to talk about what they would have done. Um, all I heard was what the Eagles said about, well, they're, they're sore losers. Well, you know what? No more talking. Get it done. And if you don't get it done, I don't want to hear any excuses at all after this one. If you do not beat the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't want to hear an excuse about we could have did this. We could. No, 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 no. Sunday is your game. Get it done. Put up or shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore. No more talk. If the 49ers win, you don't get the NFC title game. But you let everybody know that if we need to come back here, we can do this again. So this is a this is more than just a win in the standings for the 49ers. It's more let's send a message. That if we do have to come back here, we're built to come in here and beat you. And also, we probably would have done this in the NFC Championship game. For me, just go ahead and handle business. No more talking. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear any 49er from now until Sunday talk about that NFC Championship game. Talk about what you're going to do on Sunday. 
Yeah, it's a statement game, right? And and they gotta they gotta stand on business. Uh, on oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, they gotta stand on business. And stand on business. I I think I I think when when you hear Ayuk and and Debo talk about the game, I think they they talked to the media yesterday. You get the sense, right, that they're not trying to do any talking because they know, like, okay, we already did our talking um, after the NFC Championship game. And now we're going to let the pads do the talking, right? So it's really how it has to be for for both teams. And one thing that I think is not being talked about enough because there's so many storylines going into this game, right? I mean, is Brock Purdy. Like, what is the mindset that Brock Purdy is going to have going into this game? And if I know anything about Brock Purdy, which I don't know much, but I know how he, he acts on the field and all that, the swagger he has to him, I think he's going to go into this game with, extra motivation right to prove that he could have won that game in mm-hmm. the nfc championship and so i think we're going to see a great performance i think part of the improvements that we've seen in brock purdy's game has some to do with that play uh you know because he i think he blames himself for hassan reddick getting to him because he thought just a second longer about letting that ball rip to Ayuk, right mm-hmm. and so what have we seen this year from brock purdy we've seen anticipation throws uh, we've seen him being even more decisive than he was last year, right? So I think we're going to see all of that in this game, maybe a little bit extra. I just, I, I think Brock Purdy is going to come to play. And I think all of these playmakers as well, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, even like all these guys, because um, they got something to prove. Yeah, 100%. And I'm fine with you being upset about what happened in the NFC title game. I'm just tired of a talk of the talk about a game that is over now. Um, even though this win isn't going to give you an NFC championship ring and send you to the Super Bowl, you still just have to let people know that if we need to come back here, we can, we can, and this is what we would have done. So um, rant number two, um, and, and then we'll get back to actual football, but I am tired of hearing about the goddamn Rocky statue. <laughs> and I want to explain something to everybody real quick. In 2021, I went to Philadelphia to watch the 49ers play the Philadelphia Eagles, led by Jimmy Garoppolo after a win against the Detroit Lions, and 49er fans plastered Rocky with 49ers stuff. Do we remember how that game ended? The 49ers won. Hmm. And then last year, people put stuff on Rocky, and the 49ers lost. And now, it's, oh, my God, please don't touch the Rocky statue. Wait, guys. Are we 12 or are we adults? Are games played on football fields or with superstitions? Please, I beg you to stop worrying about something as silly as a fictional boxer. I mean, it's dumb enough that Philadelphia cares about Rocky as if he's real. They don't even like Sylvester Stallone. They like Rocky. (laughs) And yet you cannot deface a fictional character because it somehow has something to do with nfl football guys wake up call games are played on football fields they are not played by fictional boxers and their statues do whatever you want fan however you want but just know that decision has nothing to do with the outcome that is going to happen on the field yeah. It's not like the Eagles are like, uh, they defaced Rocky. All right, we're turning up to 12 now. Like that, let's get it. <laughs> it, it does not matter. I just, I just the amount of people nervous about a fictional boxer statue 
is insane, man. Guys, I'm more worried about what are the Eagles going to do on offense, on defense, rather than did you put something on when you put something on Rocky? Like, they don't even care about Sylvester Stallone. Rocky's not real, guys. Come on. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Wednesdays is Grant Cohn and myself. We call it Stats and Cone. When a team is that committed to go for going for it on fourth down and that automatic on fourth and one, fourth and almost two, uh, it changes everything. It makes them a very unconventional opponent because the way defensive coordinators work is they sort of have like a defense, a philosophy, first and second down. You know, we're gonna we're gonna play zone, we're gonna do this, we're gonna have these kind of fronts, we're not gonna be we're gonna be sound, we're gonna be gap sound, we're gonna have gap integrity, we wanna be good in the run game, but on third down, you know, we're gonna get kind of saucy. Yep. We're gonna get exotic. I'm gonna have overload blitzes. I'm gonna have three guys on one side, one guy over here, stunts, games. It's like, yeah, you can do that if you're going against Baker Mayfield and some regular ass team that's gonna throw on third and seven, but that's not what the Eagles do. Like if you start doing stuff like that on third and seven, you can guarantee they're just gonna hand the ball off to uh, DeAndre Swift or call a, a quarterback draw and gash you. So really you have to think of third down against them as second down. I, there's no other team like it. And it doesn't mean they're going to beat you, but it's a big reason why they've won 27 of their last 29 games. That. Anytime they get, things get a little dicey or maybe the Niners defense starts to get some momentum and, and the Eagles need kind of a stabilizing play, to me, they're going quarterback draw. I, I feel like they will rely on Jalen Hurts' legs when they need to just kind of get back to square one and sort of control things again, especially when the Eagles are in like the red zone or like right around that 20 yard distance, they are going quarterback draw at least once they've done it multiple, multiple times. And I don't know who we put it on most to stop it. Do we put it on Hargrave? Do we put it on Fred and Dre Greenlaw? I'm not sure, but the Niners had damn well better be prepared for it. Absolutely. Like that's their sort of knockout blow. You know, you know how like the Debo Samuel jet sweep or end around was kind of the Niners knockout blow for a while. That seems like what Jalen Hurts is. He leads them in touchdown rushes and first down rushes. Like DeAndre Swift is a really good runner. He has four rushing touchdowns this year. Hurts has 11. <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Like you stand them side by side and, you're, and you look at them and you don't even know football or you don't know them. You'd think, yeah, Swift is the quarterback and Hurts is the running back. Hurts is the most powerful. I mean, Cam Newton was powerful, but just 6'1", 225. He is built like a, not just any running back, He's built like freaking Jordan Mason. You understand? <laughs> I, I really enjoy watching him play. He's very unique. And if you want to see how strong Jalen Hurts was, go back to the NFC Championship game last year. Nick Bosa has him in the end zone for a safety. He is going to be tackled for a safety. And Jalen Hurts yeah. is so strong, he just pushes forward and gets out of the end zone. He And that's like, Nick Bosa's not a weak guy. We've all seen his arms. Like, But Jalen Hurts is incredible especially like from the waist down his friggin' legs are joined what does he squat like 800 pounds something like that it's some ridiculous yeah. thing something like that yeah I so, do that. <laughs> you could do that i could do that yeah sure i don't think i could squat eight pounds but anyway um so but, that, I mean, you, just, you, you you combine his particular skill set with that offensive line and it's like just the left side alone. Like the Niners are very left side oriented. They're like, we just have to be strong at the point of attack on one side. Cool. You have Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, uh, Jake Brendel. Good. They have Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, and Jason Kelsey. That's overwhelming. It's so dominant. It's so, they get movement every time. Anytime yeah. you have Mailata and Dickerson blocking together, you get movement every time. And you get Jalen Hurst on top of that. 
it's why they are what they are. It's an it's, it's incredible. More teams don't try to replicate that, or maybe they do. I don't know. And they're so smart about it too. That's what used to piss me off back in the day when the Niners would play the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom Seahawks. It was like, not only are they really good, not only can they smash you, but they're freaking smart too. And the Eagles are the same way. You can see when they want to run that quarterback draw, Jason Kelsey will just read the defense and look and he'll literally point left or right and tell Jalen Hurts which side to go to. And and they do. And Kelsey will like turn and seal it off and, and he'll get the block. It's incredibly like, uh, I, I don't like when the, my opponent is physical and smart. That's not a bad, uh, a good combination for me. I, I feel like when you watch games too, when you're watching and you're watching an offense work, you kind of feel like, okay, they're definitely passing here. You just kind of have a feeling. You never can say that with the Eagles. They're definitely passing here. They pass sort of when they feel like it. You can <laughs> first and 10, second down. I mean, you never really know for sure. And it's often an RPO and it's often sort of leveraging the run. And I mean, if you ever put Jalen Hurts in a straight drop back situation, same with Purdy. I don't know how good either one would be, but they're never in that situation because they're on the perfect team and the perfect scheme for them. And you got to give both of them credit for executing and winning like almost all the time. Rich Mix says, Grant, you're picking the Eagles to win. Are you sure Debo didn't hit you in the head with that basketball? For people that don't know what Rich is talking about, could you explain? Oh, yeah, this was a really momentous occasion. It was uh, Monday in the locker room, and Debo was going to do an, an interview, and I was there, and he's right by the hoop in the locker room, and John Feliciano was, like, shooting jumpers, and Debo wanted to shoot one jumper just before the interview started just because who wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? It's fun to shoot jumpers, and I was in between Feliciano and him, and Debo, who's quick and funny, said, hey, hit Grant with the ball, and he laughed. I laughed. People laughed. It was a funny thing to say. John Feliciano, to his credit, did not hit me with the ball, and I just thought it was a way for uh, Debo Samuel to sort of like, you know, have fun with someone, sort of build a, a rapport. Or maybe he wanted me to get hit by a ball. You never, you never know. Maybe both. But I felt like it was a, a big moment in our relationship. Was it a real ball or was it like a squishy Nerf ball? No, it was a real basketball. I could have taken it. I, I would prefer not to get hit by the ball. So wait, did, but, did Feliciano pass it to you and then you pass it to Debo? No. it did, Somehow the ball got around me. It was like a magic ball, like a magic bullet. It was, a, it was like it went around. On Thursday, you get the original Gold Standard podcast with myself and Levin Black. And as I said earlier, with special guest Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation, the Philadelphia Eagles community at SB Nation. I want to know about the health of some of these guys, Lane Johnson specifically. Is he going to be in there false starting his heart out or what's the oh deal? Oh my with gosh, you guys got to let this go, man. There's ex Have you seen the Duke Manyweather explanations on this? Like an offensive tackle is allowed to move backwards. Think um, about that. Think about how weird that is. Jason it's not Kelsey, weird. Jason Kelsey got two flags last week because he flinched right before snapping the ball. But if you if you actually start your pass protection, that's not a penalty. Look, I'm not a rules expert here, but my interpretation of the rules is that you can't make a sudden movement that's going to, you know, try to trick the defense into getting moving early or whatever. Moving side to side, I think, is more forward, obviously, is a worse example of that as opposed to stopping going backwards but in any case to answer your question um lane johnson said he's going to play in this game so i expect him to be available and that's significant i was actually just looking at this i looked back at nick bosa's pff grades take him for what, what they're worth the past two seasons in 2022 nick bosa's worst graded game by pff came against lane johnson in the championship game in 2021 when the eagles and 49ers played early in the season his second worst graded game 
came against the Eagles and Lane Johnson. So I think it's fair to say Johnson has gotten the better of that matchup. He's also got to face Chase Young, potentially, because Young, they may flip-flop. If I'm the Niners, I certainly flip-flop and put Bosa on the other side. How does Chase Young usually do against your Eagles? You've seen him enough. Yeah, that's a fair question. I think that's actually, I've seen Chase Young have success against Jordan Mailata on the left side. So I definitely think that's a matchup that could be one that goes a little bit more back and forth as opposed to one guy owning it. Um, that does concern me more. I didn't like that the commanders traded him to you guys. I thought that was a dumb trade for them. Nothing. It was a very, they didn't, they for some, I don't have to get into this, but for some reason, they thought they had to get rid of both Montez Sweat and Chase Young. That's not the case. You probably had to get rid of one of one of those guys. Anyway, um, I do think that is a matchup the 49ers can feel not like good about in terms of they're going to win it all game long, but they can get some wins there. Are you worried about that pass rush? Not just getting two hurts and getting sacks, but what it's going to cost because hurts is one downside this year has been turnovers. You know, I, I was saying earlier this week that he has so many game winning drives because he's put his team in a position to have right. to come back. Like a lot of the reason why they've gotten down is because hurts has had entire halves where he's just terrible and then he turns it on and looks like an MVP. <laughs> I that's a totally fair point by you because I also like. I always hated this with Tony Romo. People talk about, oh, Tony Romo has all these fourth quarter comebacks. It's like, yeah, because he was playing terribly. And then he put <laughs> himself in a position where he had to come back. And why don't we credit players who are so dominant that they don't need to be clutch because they're just so good. The clutch situation yeah. doesn't even materialize anyway. It's like Brock Birdie, large... right? Right. <laughs> it's a larger <laughs> point, I guess so. But um, well, yeah, let's get into that. I mean, okay. Brock Birdie. Are you are you scared of Brock Purdy? What do you think of Brock Purdy? I was looking at how um, one of our contributors at Bleeding Green Nation had a good stat about how, like, I think there's, a, I think people are confident in the Eagles pass rush, but the past two weeks, you know, only two sacks. So it's kind of like, oh, why isn't this pass rush doing even better? And part of that is just because, like I said, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen both weaseled their way out of sacks in each case, but they also are just good at avoiding sacks. Like Josh Allen, the Eagles had him, like, dead to rights a couple of times but he just made a play because he's josh allen and he's huge and he's hard to bring down <laughs> um patrick mahomes obviously you know same kind of thing in just terms of being hard to get down brock purdy i think if you look at his um in terms of his sack rate and whatnot he's a little bit more vulnerable in that regard at least compared to those two players so i do think they can get to him and i do think he's not going to have that same escapability and i feel good about that He's tougher to bring down than you think. Let me like if you get hands on him, you'll get him down. He's not yes. going to break the tackle. But in right. terms of elusiveness, he's right there with almost he's, anybody in the league. Like he, he he's crazy quick and he has a knack for it. But if you get a hand on him, he's going to go down. He's not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes where he's going to just keep going and pull away from you. There's a play from week 1 if you go back and watch it. Minka Fitzpatrick is coming through completely untouched. And it's just him and Brock one-on-one, and he gets nothing but air. I was like, damn. When I saw that, I was like, wow. So, yeah, that's a good way to put it, Levin. He's elusive. If you, He's hard to get a hand on, but if you get a hand on him, he goes down. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fridays, we end the week with our Bully Ball podcast. We give you the best gambling and fantasy advice you'll find anywhere on the 49ers with myself and Michelle Majuk. There's a bunch of weird numbers in this game I want to talk about. As we always do, give us your fastball best bet. Put your money here. Listen, it's the Brandon Ayuk. And yes. so he's at 59 and a half receiving yards. And I know I used this the last time I talked. Again, it was two weeks ago. It's been every other game. He has had 75 plus receiving yards. It's so weird. It goes 129, 43, 148, 58, 76, 57, 109, 55, 156, 50. Like it is <laughs> insane that every other game is a big game. And then that one in between is always like the 50 yarder. He has like 50 yards. Exactly. It's so every other game is a big game for him. And we've already talked about how bad this secondary is for the Eagles, allowing the third most receiving yards to wide receivers this season. They're allowing 196 receiving yards per game to just wide receivers this season. Who's going to get those yardage besides Brandon Ayuk and Debo will get some. I'm sure Jennings will get a little bit, but like Ayuk should have a hundred yard game. So I'm taking the over and 59 and a half receiving yards. And then also his longest reception of yes. 23 and a half receiving yards. So technically I have four bets because I have two in here, uh, but he's had at least one 23 plus yard reception in eight of 10 games. Eagles have allowed 15 different wide receivers to have a 24 plus yard catch against them this year smashing both i had that as one of my best bets too i mean because i mean it's no no it's good i mean it's it jumps out at you he's gonna get i mean he doesn't whether it's a bomb whether it's a short catch that he breaks the tackle and goes over the middle he has been unstoppable i think he's averaging let me double check really quick yeah he's averaging almost 20 yards per catch this season so think he's, about that. he's leading the league in uh, yards per reception among qualified wide receivers or just qualified receivers. So if his average catch is about 20 yards and the bet in this one is 24 and a half for longest catch, you got to figure one of those is probably going to be longer, right? Just to get the act because it's got to average out. So I loved that bet. I totally agree with you. Yet somehow he's not better than Devontae Smith. Okay. Overall as a whole wide receiver. There's By the way, a lot of different things. Who's the better blocker? Brandon Ayuk. Not sure. close. I mean, Devonta Smith is about my weight. So, yeah. That's <laughs> unfortunate. Sorry, dude. Maybe he's more like your weight. Hit the, Well, you bet. Oh, almost. He's close to my weight. What's he, like 160? He was at, uh, coming out of school. I don't know what he is now. He's 170, tiny. according to Pro Football Reference. I'm 140. So, he's not that far away from me. Although, he's, you know insanely talented in every other way nowhere obviously just obliterating me athletically but i like the iu bets i like both of them and it's only minus 115 so for the uh for the longest reception so that's pretty good odds pretty good for your money if you don't know by the way minus 115 means in order to win a hundred dollars you have to bet 115 dollars. so that's what that means okay and like on DraftKings, they have the alternate receiving yards too. So with Brandon Ayuk at 59 and a half, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure it is minus odds. I think it's like minus 125. So you're only getting 75 bucks on your $100 bet. But if you go to the alternates, they have like 69 receiving yards. Like you have to add 10 to it. And then you get plus 135 odds. So on 100 bucks, you win 135. I think he has 70 plus yards in this game for sure. Yeah, so tinker around, find the number that you feel most comfortable with and go with that. Um, okay, best bet number two for you. 
Devonta Smith. So they're both, I'm, I'm betting on them both this week. Devonta Smith, 59 and a half receiving yards. They actually have them at the exact same line this week, but he's had 99 plus yards in three of the last four, ga- four games. And I say 99 because it's literally 99 and two of the last four games on the dot and then 106 in the other one and then 51 in the third one. Uh, but he leads the team in slot targets, receptions, yards. Again, I know they've gotten better in that area since finally being like, okay, Oliver, you're not it. But still, I, I think Devonta Smith is better than any slot corner they're going to put on him. And w- if Traverius Ward is going to have the main focus on stopping A.J. Brown in this game, Devonta Smith is going to have to step up. What The T. Higgins play in the game against the 49ers, he had a really good game, right? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but I can check really quickly. What week their, did they play? Uh, they got their butts kicked in that game. I think it was week eight. Uh, let's see. Tiggins did play five catches, 69 yards in the game. Okay. It, it, they play very differently, very, very different players. But I was just thinking in a way where there's a Jamar chase, right. That you're focusing on. And how did that other wide receiver do? Who's really good. Right. So it, he had a solid enough game. He would have hit this 59 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, Chase also had 10 for 100 in that game. So yeah. it was a rough game for the 49ers defense. Uh, King says, what's on your head, Stats? It's a hat. It's a backwards hat. Uh, if you listen to Colin Cowherd's show or you maybe saw a clip on social media, you know why it's there. Uh, we don't need to get into that anymore. Okay. Can I get into one of my best bets? Oh, yeah. I'm going Debo Samuel anytime touchdown score. It's plus 165 in the game, which I love that by the way, that it's plus it's so much money. The Eagles linebackers are not good and they're injured. So that means potentially when you have a weakened linebacker core, that's not that good. Anyway, Kyle Shanahan is going to put those guys in a blender. He's going to hit Debo Samuel. He's going to hit him over the middle. He's going to hit him on screen passes and force those linebackers to have to tackle Debo Samuel. And guess what? They are not going to be able to do it. Plus you add in all the extra stuff with James Bradbury and how Debo said he was trash. Maybe you get Debo on Bradbury on a double move. Bradbury gets a little eager and tries to jump the route to make a play. And then Debo goes deep. Somehow 19's getting into the end zone in this game. See, this is my biggest issue is you don't know which way this is going to go. Is Debo more motivated because of the trash talking and he needs to prove it? Or is this Eagle secondary? Like we are not letting Debo do anything like, and that's why I even feel better about Brandon Ayuk. But I know what he said was last year, but he had the opportunity to not just not <laughs> take it back. Like you don't have to take it back, but you can be like, you know, it was I was heated after the game. I have respect for him, obviously. It's like there's many things he could have said. And he was just like, nah, uh, I don't regret anything. <laughs> like, so I I do think that does put a, a target on his back. I almost said arrow a target on his back for this secondary to really focus in on him. Make sure he does not do anything that might end up helping the 49ers, right? Like let Brandon, Ayuk go off, let George Kittle have space. Like sure. Give CMC more room to work as well. Like focus on Debo if that's what you want, but that's my biggest worry about Debo in this game. And now maybe it works the way you're thinking, right? Like I need to prove my worth and I need to show up and he'll, he'll be super angry. I just don't know what way this, this little karma is going to work. The other thing with Debo, though, he's one of those players, and I feel like the 49ers have more of those than the Eagles, and really more of those than anybody, to be honest with you. But, like, they have players that just, you could do everything right. You could have guys there. You could be aware of them. But when Debo catches the ball in the open field, you still have to tackle him. 
And that's really freaking hard to do. So he may make chicken salad out of chicken bleep, if you know what I'm saying, where the Eagles are ready and prepared, but he just trucks three guys and gets into the end zone anyway. I loved that little option play that they did with Debo and McCaffrey for the first touchdown against the Seahawks, where Brock had the option to either hand the ball to Debo for the run, or he could do the shovel pass to McCaffrey coming across the formation. Like if they start doing creative stuff like that in the red zone, 19's getting in. I, I just, I feel really good about it. Yeah. And next time, Purdy, can you take the shovel pass? Because I need points from you in fantasy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can I give you a fun stat though, about just like how efficient this offense is? Always. So Kyle Shanahan has the NFL's pass yards per attempt leader, Brock Purdy, the NFL's yards per reception leader, and Brandon Ayuk, and the tight ends yards per reception leader, and George Kittle, all together in this offense. And then Debo Samuel, yards after catch per reception, he's at third in the NFL. So not first, but this group of guys are all leading the NFL in efficiency at their position, which is kind of crazy. That's kind of good. Just That's kind yeah. of really great, yeah. Just saying, that's pretty good. Okay, do you have uh, one more bet for us, I think? Yes, I do. And I'm going back to the 49ers players and back to the passing game. Brock Purdy, over 249 and a half passing yards. Now, I wanted to take his one and a half passing touchdowns, but I do think the passing yards are safer and they have better odds in terms of making more money. On okay. This bet. So going with the 250 passing yards he needs. He didn't do it last week, right? Pretty low in, in passing yards last week, only at 209. But he easily cleared this mark in each of the four weeks prior. The Eagles are allowing the fourth most passing yards per game in the NFL at 275. So even if he's below that mark, he has a 25-yard like gap of what he needs between the average that they're allowing and, and what he needs to get. And I just – I think he's going to have a huge – a lot of chunk plays in this game, especially to Brandon Ayuk. I – Sure, George Kittle catches a couple long passes down the middle. We need Debo uh, Samuel to prove his worth. But I, I like this game should be close, really close. It shouldn't be like the Seahawks game. And he's going to have to pass a lot. There's going to be a lot of passing attempts. So I, I think he has 275, at least in this game, and he only needs 250. Joe Faccio says Brocky Balboa goes over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I hope so. Adrian. All right, that wasn't a very good Rocky impression. Anyway, I agree with Adrian. you. That was even worse. Uh, I, I thought it was, it was so good in my head. I have never seen this movie, but I know what part you're talking about. And I thought it was really good. You've never seen any no, of the Rocky No, no, no. We don't have to do that. But like, no, I haven't seen a lot of movies, all right? But I know what the scene is. I know his voice with it. I thought I did a really good job. Who did better, guys? Comment. Yeah, there we go. Let us know. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I'm just saying, plus, I have a natural advantage being a man. I got the deeper voice, so it's going to sound. Do you have a deeper voice than I do? Yes. <laughs> yes. There were a couple numbers in this game that, I, that really jumped out at me. I don't know if I want to bet it necessarily, but they gave me pause. The first is Brock Purdy's interception number. Over 0.5 interceptions, so one interception is plus money. It's plus 100 in the game. So what that telling that's telling you that Vegas doesn't think Brock's throwing a pick because they're willing to let you double your money if you put 100 bucks down on it. That was surprising to me. Do you think he'll throw a pick? I kind of do, especially if it's raining. You know, sometimes some of his throws can go a little off target. Maybe something. I gets- don't think he will. I don't think he will in this game. Do you think Jalen Hurts will? Yes. 
I think Jalen Hurts will throw it. The Niners lead the league in interceptions. Like, yeah. they are good. They find ways to get it, whether it's off a tip ball or Amory Thomas jumping a curl or something like that. They've been very successful at it. So I do think Jalen will throw one. But I was just so shocked that that was plus 100. They really are telling you, we don't think Brock is throwing a pick, which, hey, good. I hope you're right. And then the other sneaky one that I thought, you know, maybe I maybe I put some money on. Kyle Juszczyk, anytime touchdown scorer, is plus 800 in the game. Kyle loves to draw up stuff for Kyle Juszczyk in the red zone, especially in big games. He did it in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Kyle Juszczyk was on pace to potentially be the MVP in that game if the 49ers won it. He had two touchdowns in the game. Uh, I think it was two touchdowns anyway. I know he had at least one. Um I think he could potentially draw up something for Kyle because he gets lost in the shuffle, especially in the red zone. You got to worry about Debo and McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk. Nobody's worried about 44. I'm think for 10 bucks, throw down 10 bucks on Kyle. You check anytime touchdown score to me at plus 800. It's worth it. Yeah. I was going to say those are one of those. That's like $5, $10 bets. The max. Yeah. Like, I mean, those are most of my bets, right? Like I'm not, I'm not betting a hundred bucks out here. I'm not a big roller, uh, but Five, ten bucks if you wanted to do that on Kyle Juszczyk. I like it. Remember, I was really big on Olamide Zacchaeus last year when the Falcons mm -hmm. played the 49ers. And he hit his total in like the first one second of the game. Does he have a touchdown probability now in this game? Because now he's on the Eagles. Oh, uh, I didn't see it. Didn't he have the big third down touchdown against the Bills last week? Yeah, he did which that was the backbreaker to me in that game. I don't know how the Bills not only allowed a first down, but to allow a touchdown in that game blew my mind. He is at plus 650 anytime touchdown scorer. Wow. I would have thought it would be like worse. Like I would have thought it would have been like plus, like a plus a thousand or something. Nick Ellert says, Michelle is not an American confirmed sad face because you haven't seen Rocky. I haven't I seen most movies guys. Nick wants us to do a Hey Paulie one-off to crown a champion. Can you do Hey Paulie in the Rocky voice? I don't know what Hey Paulie is. You do it first. Just say, Hey Paulie. Hey Paulie. I think I win. <laughs> I think you win that too, but I don't. I haven't heard that. I knew what the Adrian thing was. You know why I know what the Adrian thing is because of Gilmore Girls. Or no, it was Modern Family. That's why I know. All right, okay. I'm not going to go there. One more number for you. DeAndre Swift, longest rush in the game is at 13 and a half yards. He has hit this in six times this season. And I just feel like it could be one of those games where Hertz is running the option. And, you know, he he's maybe he's hurt the Niners for a couple of games. So they're kind of keyed in on him. And then instead of keeping it himself, he gives it to Swift and Swift pops one around the edge and breaks off, you know, a 15-yard or a 20-yard run. I'm not saying Swift's going to have a massive game, but I do feel like at one point he's going to break one run in this game that's going to be longer than 13 and a half yards. I will take the under. Really? Yeah. Why? I feel so like 13 and a half is very random, right? I feel like I think he can get an 11-yarder. I feel like you either, like, just get past that first, like, if you run on first and 10, you just get past that first down mark and they get you down. And it's, like, normally, like, right over that 10 yard line 13 it feels like you're either going for you know 20 plus or you're going for 11 so i think i'm gonna stick with the under 13 and a half and i just made this up by the way like i just made up that stat <laughs> i don't really know if that's true but that's how i feel in my head when i'm watching the games that that's what happens either 11 yards or 40. 
That's why people come here for our made up stats. Really? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, especially yeah. when we're talking about gambling. That's what we like. Mark watching on YouTube says, I like Gilmore girls because of my wife, LOL. Don't do that, Mark. Don't hide behind your wife. It's you great like Gilmore girls because they speak so fast and they speak so true. Come on. It's a fabulous. I mean, if you think about the whole premise of it, it's really goofy, but the show is fantastic. And it was like, I, I grew up on that show. It was great. That there and One Tree Hill, my two faves. Ah, the old WB days, huh? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there shows, look, I love, I loved the show Smallville. I'm a huge comic book nerd. Superman's my favorite character. Loved, loved, loved the show Smallville. But to watch it now, you you go back, it's like, man, this, this show is pretty brutal. But you know what? I don't care. It was my thing, and I loved it, and I'll always love it. You know who is in Smallville? Yes, I do. I know every actor in Smallville. Why? Well, I met Dean from Gilmore Girls. Jensen Ackles. No, wait. I don't know his real name. No, that's not Dean from Gilmore Girls. That's Dean from Supernatural. Uh, who, who? I don't know who Dean from Gilmore Girls is, but sure. There were a lot of famous people that were in Smallville. Amy Adams was in an episode of Smallville. How about that? Amy Adams is hot. Sorry. She is. She's very Lois, hot. And she was Lois Lane, so that's like double for me. Uh, apparently, Ezekiel Major is fighting it out with people in the chat. He's an Eagles fan, and he has just chosen violence today. He's going to be like, well, I went on this 49ers podcast show, and they don't even talk about the game. They're talking about Smallville and <laughs> Gilmore Girls. We should maybe uh, get back on track here. Did you have any other bets? Sorry, Darwin de Leon says Kristen Krug forever. She's, yes, absolutely. Um, no, that was it. Um, I told you I'm taking, the oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yes, one more. One more for me. I'll let you choose. Because you know I like my sack bets. I always check to see what are the sack bets. Chase Young over 0.25 sacks. All he needs is a half sack. Is minus 105. And Javon Hargrave over 0.25 sacks is plus 145. Now, Chase Young has a history of playing well against the Eagles, specifically against Jordan Maialata. So that's something to consider. Javon Hargrave has three sacks in the three games since the bye week. So he's kind of been picking it up a little bit. Which one of those two do you like better? I'd go with Chase Young. I get the whole Hargrave, like he has a revenge game against the Eagles, but that interior offensive line for the Eagles, I mean, their whole offensive line is really, really good, right? But I'll, I'll give a chance for Chase Young to come down with a half a sack. I feel better about that one. I also, they have a lot of the special teams bets this week on DraftKings. And they have the kicking point. They had two field goals made, one and a half field goals made for Jake Moody. I was thinking about that one, but also they had six and a half points for Jake Moody. And I really like that because if they end up scoring a bunch of touchdowns, then he just needs one field goal in there to get to that seven point mark. I was really thinking about that one. I don't want to see Jake Moody out there for anything other than extra points. Unless he's hitting a 60-yard field goal like uh, like the Eagles did in the rain to get them to overtime. I don't want to see Jake Moody. Go for it, Kyle. Go for you, it. You know the 49ers are going to go for it on fourth and short. You mean the Eagles? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's why. And, like, so you have to match that aggressiveness. You can't, you can't be afraid to fail. You have to go from the perspective of we're taking control we are going to be the ones that dominate this game. I don't care. Like, oh, if you don't get it, the crowd's going to cheer. Whatever. The crowd's going to be happy if you kick a field goal, too. Go for it. Put the faith in Brock. You know, I was watching the end of the Eagles-Bills game because I was freaking out, hoping that the Bills would win. And I thought it was Tony Romo who said a good thing when the Bills had the ball late in the game. He said, they're not going to run the ball twice because you don't want to take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. You, He's the guy that's going to make plays for you. 
You want to have the ball in his hands and let him do what he does. And I think that's the same thing with Brock Purdy. On fourth down, don't just run it up the middle. Put it in Brock's hands. He has shown he can get the ball where it needs to go. So I hope that Kyle does, and I hope he does put it in Brock's hands because for the first time in a long time, I have faith in a 49ers quarterback to be able to handle that. I can't believe they didn't do that. Well, I mean, I don't know how they'd be able to do this, but it'd be so fun if they had bets like one plus tush push for whoever's playing against the Eagles, right? So hmm. Would you bet that the 49ers have a tush push first down in this game? That the 49ers get one? Yes, because you know the Eagles will. But I will don't... the 49ers do it against them? They're not that good at it. Brock is really has not had the same success with quarterback sneaks that Jimmy Garoppolo has had. I don't know why. Maybe he's smaller he doesn't get, than him, right? I guess, but he has huge legs. Have you ever seen Brock Purdy's legs? They're like, they call him baby Bosa because his legs are so damn big. Um, I don't think so. I don't think that they will. Um, here, did I tell you the scary stat about the 49ers in third and short? No. Okay. So defensively, when the other team runs it on third and three or less, the entire season, the 49ers have stopped it one time. Every other time the 49ers defense faces a third and three and the other team runs it, the Niners give it up. That's a scary thought when you're playing the Eagles who are so good at short yardage. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, this has been the Crossover Podcast. Before we go, I just want to remind you, join us live after the 49ers game on our YouTube page, on our Facebook page, on our Twitch page, immediately following the game, we will be live reacting to whatever happens in Niners Eagles. Hopefully we are celebrating another 49ers victory. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you after the game. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.